0: Thank you the outside world, mixed martial arts appears to be a rough place full of rough people. And to a degree, I get it. Everyone is punching each other in the face. But the truth is, the sport is filled with all kinds of folks, and that includes huge dorks. I don't mean, oh, aren't I quirky I have a Star Wars t-shirt and wear fake glasses. I'm talking Pokedex owning, Silmarillion reading, waifu having, Cowboy Bebop cosplaying geeks. The type of poindexters who would spend 10 grand a month so they could play Quake on a T1 line for 12 hours a day. I'm referring to Joe Rogan, by the way. You know, we have this uh, land room set up here with Quake on it dude oprah was that addicted to deathmatch so in honor of all their awesome dweebiness i bring to you today 10 athletes who are subs over dubs write their own shonen min max DD classes and also beat people up in a cage for a living i'm tommy from mma on point and these are 10 fighters who are giant nerds number 10 george saint pierre All right, you just made your first million dollars. What are you buying? A car, a place to live. You're probably gonna take care of your friends and family. Just about everyone would say those things, and George St. Pierre was no different when he outlined in an interview with GQ how he spent the first big cash of his career. Where he probably differs from you and me is that he spent 20 grand on dinosaur fossils. $20,000 on old bones. Yeah, so GSP has said in many interviews that if he wasn't going to be a fighter, he was going to be a paleontologist. The dude loves him some dinosaurs. He's gone on actual digs. He hosted The TV show called The Boneyard about them. He says that most of his friends are dinosaur nerds, not fighters. He claims that if there are any questions you have about any period that dinosaurs walked the earth, he can probably answer them. When GSP was in training, he would take time off and fly to museums to look at their collections. There's a lot of things that turn me on in life. Is a woman, dinosaurs, and this. (laughs) Dinosaurs. That really... Maybe me going crazy. Why you know? dinosaurs? That is the question. The welterweight goat hasn't ruled out a dino-related future career either. It's just not in the cards at the moment. His favorite fossil he owns is a megalodon tooth that he broke when playing music too loud, causing it to fall off its mount and shatter. Apparently, GSP has a bumping-ass stereo system. Can you imagine being so passionate about something, but also being so great at something else, you couldn't possibly ignore it? All amazing discoveries I'm sure he would have made aside, I'm glad we got GSP in the octagon and not a Jurassic Park. Number 9. Max Holloway. Back in college, when I could just sit around and play video games for hours, I considered myself a pretty decent Call of Duty player. Me and the squad, we would get together each night and run up wins on Team Deathmatch until morning, usually only losing once or twice at that. So unlike a lot of the topics on this list today, I'm pretty familiar with Max Holloway's type of dorky. And while Call of Duty is about as mainstream as it gets, it's possibly the most popular game franchise ever, putting the time in that Max does with the numbers he does tells me that Blessed is a massive nerd. Nerd! Back in May, the official COD Twitter account was allowing users to request their hashtag Warzone report, and in return, an image with that player's stats would be sent as a reply. Holloway retweeted his report, revealing that he'd spent a lot of time in Verdansk. 1,049 hours. Now, this tweet was posted on the one-year anniversary of Warzone's release, meaning that Max would have had to play, on average, 2.8 hours every single day for a year to reach that number. Now, of course, Holloway is a regular streamer, and as we know, that can often account for some pretty substantial hours. Eat my ass! But without question, Max is playing enough COD to be considered for this list. It's not just his playtime that's impressive, though. Blessed had 540 wins in 3,821 games. If you've ever played Warzone, you know that winning 14% of your matches is not normal, and his KDR or kill-to-death ratio is a healthy 2.29, which isn't quite pro-level elite, but it's damn sure way above the average kid hopping in on most nights. It would appear the best is Blessed whether it's in the cage or running quads, apparently. Number 8, Demetrius Johnson. This may come as a surprise to some of you, but fighter pay isn't always the greatest. You can be pretty high up the food chain and still not make life-changing amounts of cash. But with the notoriety of the cage, fighters have really started to lean into streaming online through either YouTube or Twitch or some other service in order to potentially generate other streams of income or just have some fun and talk to some folks. Rampage Jackson was surprisingly an early adopter. And of course, today, there's just so many. Max Holloway, as we just mentioned. Jens Pulver, Megan Anderson, Stone Cold Stipe, Chris Weidman, The Sugar Show, on and on. But the one who makes our list as the king of the stream streamers, the one who saw what the early adopters had done and took it to another level, is the greatest flyweight ever, Demetrius Johnson. DJ has stated that he has three priorities in life in this order. Family, training, and then streaming. While he still does not treat it like it has to be a daily grind, and streams what he wants when he wants, Johnson is not messing around. It's truly a priority in his life. When he moved into a new home in 2017, he had a room specifically built for his streaming. Mighty Mouse, who was a lifelong gamer, saw this as a unique opportunity to play as many games as he wants, while interacting with his fans, and of course, hopefully making a few bucks along the way. He even said in a 2017 interview he likes streaming video games more than he likes fighting. Demetrius intends for Twitch to be a full-time post-fight career. He's currently sitting at 174,000 followers while doing it part-time and being one of the best fighters in the world. Not too bad. Number 7. Benson Henderson. Everybody today is into Marvel and DC. What was once considered nerd culture has now become mainstream. Your mom knows who Thanos is. The new Suicide Squad movie is gonna feature fucking Starro. We've reached the pinnacle of these comic book universes permeating popular culture. And while that all may be mainstream now, one thing that still isn't is reading comic books themselves. Despite the massive boom in the comic book film industry, it's still a fairly nerdy hobby to actually keep up with all the new books coming out. Benson Henderson has been collecting comics since way before the first Iron Man film. When he was in fifth grade, his family didn't have much money, he couldn't do much during the summer, so he would head to the local library and read comic books. Smooth has been a fan ever since, and every week when the new issues come in, he goes to his local shop, where he picks up a box that's already filled with all the books he's currently reading. That's how much of a regular he is. They have it ready to go. Bendo has several times compared himself to X-Force member Shatterstar, citing that they were both born and bred to fight. The earliest reference I could find being 2012, way before Deadpool 2 made X-Force something regular people had heard about. So yeah, Henderson is a massive comic book dork. From what I could gather, it sounds like he's more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, but I'm sure he dabbles. He also regularly, regularly reads science fiction novels. Definitely someone you could nerd out with come Comic-Con season. Number six, Ronda Rousey. When she hit the scene in 2011, all the way up to her retirement from the sport five years later, the public perception of Ronda Rousey was this ultra-aggressive competitor who just lived combat sports every waking hour of her life, like it was this all-consuming quest to armbar everything in the world. But the truth is, in her downtime, she was all kinds of nerd, and loved that she could escape to the anonymity of the internet for a while. Ronda is a regular World of Warcraft player, even putting together a sweet Land Party-style setup with Fast and Furious castmate Vin Diesel so they could play each night after filming. Like many fighters, Rousey is obsessed with Dragon Ball, but took things a bit Further than most with her love of one of its most famous anti-heroes. I wanna ride into the <laughs> I mean, wouldn't we all? Her biggest claim to nerd fame, though, is her status in the Pokemon community. Rousey, or should I say Mew182, was a moderator for the Pokemon Stadium 2 forum on GameTalk.com as a teenager. Not even a mainline entry, not even the original, but Pokemon Stadium 2. That's nerdtacular. Rhonda got into the series trading cards and eventually went on to play and complete every single game in the entire series. Her moderator profile included this tidbit on her philosophy of life. If you screw up, don't freak out. Just think, two years from now, it'll have no impact on your life whatsoever. If whatever you did will have an impact on you two years from now, you really screwed up. So you deserve to feel bad. I'll just leave that at that. Number five, Josh Barnett. If you're not familiar with Magic the Gathering, it's this really complex card-based tabletop fantasy game where you play as a wizard and you fight other wizards using your deck to cast magic and summon monsters. Go watch a high-level game on YouTube. I have no fucking clue what is going on. But Josh Barnett does, and that's because he was in on Magic the Gathering, or MTG as the cool kids call it, from the very beginning. The game started in 1993. That means four years before he was punching people in the face during his first MMA bout, he was casting Lightning Bolt and summoning Thicket Basilisks. I don't know what any of that means. Anyway, the War Master, or I guess the Babyface assassin back then, he was on the ground floor for both MMA and magic, which is pretty crazy when you consider how obscure they both were back then and how popular they are now. But that was Barnett growing up. He was a jock and a nerd. So between his love of wrestling, video games, metal, and the fantasy genre, I suppose it was only a matter of time before he became an MMA fighting magic player. How bonafide are the Warmasters MTG Bonafides? Well, he appeared on the massive Geek & Sundry YouTube channel in a series known as Spell Slingers, where he dueled against pro player Sean Plott, and he was victorious. He beat someone who competed on the Pro Tour. Yeah, don't pull a magic deck on Josh Barnett. It will not go well. Number four, Brandon Moreno. There are a lot of things about Brandon Moreno that fall into the standard nerd categories. He really likes comic books, video games, and anime. That's a trifecta that probably quite a few fighters in the UFC who didn't make this list would fall into. What makes Moreno stand out so much is two things, his love of Funko Pops and his love of Legos. The Funko collecting started first, and he is a serious collector. He does not open the boxes, he keeps them in pristine condition, and displays them in a space that honestly looks like an eight-year-old's idea of the best room ever. Brandon himself is now a Funko Pop. He was made so after his flyweight title victory, because he's such a well-known and avid fan. The Lego building started on accident. Moreno's wife, yes, he is old enough to be legally wed, he actually has three children as well, she was meant to bring a gift to a kid's birthday party, but the event got canceled, and so Brandon was like, let me see that Lego thing you bought. He built it, he loved it, he started doing it all the time. If you know anything about Lego sets, they're expensive as hell and oftentimes hard to find, making the collection the assassin baby does have all the more impressive. He's revealed in interviews that he uses the Lego building process to de-stress while preparing for fights. He even rewarded himself with a set after winning the and asked if Lego would send him anything since he spent too much money on their products. Hilarious. What a nerd. A likable and deadly nerd. Number 3. Roxy Mataferi. There are quite a few fighters that like to cosplay or costume play, dress up as characters from various pieces of fiction. Angela Hill has had some absolute bangers in her career, both at weigh-ins and just going to conventions. A pioneer in MMA cosplay, Marcus Brimich, would show up to weigh-ins and, in the case before and after his fights, wearing a scouter from Dragon Ball Z. He'd even sometimes be rocking Goku's gi or Frieza Force Battle Armor. Marcus Perez might actually be the Joker. All these examples are super cool, but it's really hard to top Roxy Mataferi in the nerdy cosplay department. And I say that in the most endearing way. She dresses up as everything. Goku in various forms, a Power Ranger, Katana, Melina, She-Ra, Captain America, Princess Leia. She wore the straw hat from One Piece. We honestly can't list everything she's done. This video would be an hour long, but it's not just the cosplaying, it's the fandom in general. Anytime she's asked about her hobbies, if she says one thing, it's anime. And if she says more, the first mentioned is anime. Most of these series she's into are focused on protagonists who have a one-track mind, a single purpose to be the best fighter possible. She even makes sure to watch battle anime the night before her fights. It's likely The love of the genre guided her towards her career as a fighter. The happy warrior is one of the most unique personalities in the entire sport, and her nerdiness is a major part of that. Again, I say that as a total positive. For her expert cosplay, for her just about everything, of course this women's MMA pioneer was going to make the list. Number 2. Jens Pulver By his own admission, Jens Pulver said World of Warcraft had become an obsession at a point in his career. Little Evil was, of course, tearing it up in the UFC in the early 2000s, and that's also when WoW dropped. If you're not familiar with World of Warcraft, it's an MMORPG, or massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Think fantasy setting, elves, dwarves. You go on rage, you fight mythical creatures, other people can join in, shit like that. It's hugely popular, and there's a ridiculous amount to do in-game. Having always been interested in gaming, WoW hit at the perfect time for Pulver. His life was basically training, and when he wasn't, playing. He wouldn't watch TV, he wouldn't go out, he would just play some WoW while he hung out with his family. How many hours has he sunk into the game? Because you know a lot of fighters play video games regularly, that's not too nerdy to make this list. Well, I can't give you an exact number, but an achievement Jens obtained at one point. The title of Grand Marshal, which is given to the player in PvP who has the highest amount of ranking points, was described by a writer for WoW.com as such. His rogue, Little Evil, earned Grand Marshal status back in the days when grinding the Ultimate PvP title was a grind of almost unimaginably enormous proportions. So a nerd writer for a nerd magazine was telling Pulver his nerdiness was beyond the scope of their understanding. Holy shit, you geeks are badass. Jens even had to address naysayers who believed his late career downturn was related to WoW, stating that he'd been playing it when he was successful just as much. So between the Grand Marshal achievement and him having to explain that his career was not being affected by his video game play, I'd say that warranted a spot on the list. Number one, Israel Adesanya. What's really fascinating about Israel Adesanya and why he's number one is just how embedded his nerddom is into everything about him. His identity is so connected to his favorite cartoons and anime. He really is this giant dork who is also a badass fighter. There's of course his nickname, the Last Style Bender, which is in reference to Avatar The Last Airbender. His favorite character from the show, Toph, is tattooed on his right arm. He also has the Ocean and Moon Spirit tattooed on his stomach inside the nine-tailed Seal from Naruto, another of his favorite series that he references often. That pose he pulled on Anderson Silva Ed Wayans and during the fight that was a reference to Rock Lee one of his favorite characters from the anime you can often see Israel performing hand seals from Naruto as well he even practices to make sure he gets them correct the famous Naruto run has peppered moments of Adesanya's career in an episode of Embedded in the cage itself even his team after their dance routine at UFC 243 Naruto ran to the back he bought a $300,000 McLaren 720S why? because there are 720 episodes of Naruto and he got it in orange in reference to the series Tail Fox for Media Day with Paulo Costa he wore an Akatsuki shirt and said it was because he was feeling dark for this fight, another reference to the show. Are you starting to see what I mean? The man has melded all of his favorite media into his life and career and draws inspiration from it, weirdly. Right before the Whitaker fight began, he wrote his name in the Death Note, another anime reference. Oh, and he has a giant Deadpool tattoo. Trademark box. While there are plenty of geeks on this list, none of them embed their fandom into who they are quite like Stylebender. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.